Welcome, or welcome back, to Oswald Didn't Do It, a JFK research community podcast looking at angles of the JFK assassination flowing from the concept of Oswald Didn't Do It. I will look at whatever seems interesting to me on the day, and hopefully some of this resonates with you. Possibly this will be information you've heard of before. Perhaps this will be new stuff to you, but it's fun to me, and I like getting people to think, and I like encouraging people to continue to push on to hopefully, eventually, maybe, somehow, eventually find the truth. Today's episode, Stacks and Sacks. One of the interesting, iconic, yes, that's what it is, one of the iconic angles of the JFK assassination is the purported, everything's purported, everything's purported, the purported bag that Lee Harvey Oswald brought his purported Manlicker Carcano into the purported <laughs> shooting gallery in a purported bag. Everything's purported. Everything's purported. Um... The bag really shouldn't be an issue. The bag, and there's more than one bag, just like there's more than one rifle, just like there's more than one gunman, there's, there's more than one of everything, <coughs> but it's essential for lone nutters to have everything neat and tidy. And it isn't. It isn't neat and tidy at all. First off, there were there were two purported bags at the purported sniper's nest. I'm going to say purported a lot, I think, today. Sorry. <coughs> the uh, first one was a little lunch bag. You know, like if you're sending your kid off to school and there is a peanut butter jelly sandwich and an apple and some potato chips and a brownie. You fold it all up, put Billy's name on it or whatever, give it to Billy and Billy heads off to the school bus or however it works. That's a bag. That's a lunch bag. That was the sort of bag that purportedly <laughs> had some chicken bones in it, where the um, ruthless killer who was the purported person who ran away to Russia, then got a Russian bride, then came back, and then did some things in New Orleans and did some things in Mexico City, and that, yeah, whatever. Um, so there's the lunch sack, but then there is the sack that it became very essential for 
Lee Harvey Oswald to have placed the rifle, <laughs> one of the three Manuel rifles that were involved, which doesn't include the Enfield that may have been involved, and it doesn't include the... Um, <sighs> the other rifle that was involved, and it doesn't involve, there's just so many, so many, so much extraneous here. But it was very important from the Warren Commission perspective to have Oswald walk his rifle into the Texas School Book Depository in a bag. It was absolutely essential apparently, for that to happen. And they made the case that the bag existed and nobody has ever seen said bag. Nobody has ever seen said bag. It was not photographed. It was not anything. It was not discussed. It was not treated as evidence. It didn't exist. So there are two sacks, one of which did exist and had nothing to do with the murder, and the other, which doesn't exist, which was essential for discussing the murder. Now, I have been doing some side research because it's about time I did some side research. And I have run into a couple of very amusing, entertaining, educational um, sources on maryfarrell.org. This one is I'm going back again to the Dealey Plaza Echo, which is a lot of JFK stuff generally from a um, British-English um, point of view. And this is The Paper Bag That Never Was, Part 1, by Ian Griggs. I haven't finished Part 1. I haven't finished... I haven't even started... Uh, part two, um, let's see, Dealey Plaza Echo, volume one, issue one. So go to maryferrell.org and type in the search engine, Dealey Plaza Echo, go to the first episode, uh, the first, um, volume that they have. And on page 30, Ian Griggs goes with the bag that never was. It's fascinating. This should not be a problem. This should not be a problem. I have watched enough, what, cop docudramas or whatever. Um, you go to the scene... You take the pictures, and you figure stuff out from there. Oh, okay, the person was standing here. The blood splatter is over there. The, the handgun or the rifle or the whatever is sitting over here. So probably, likely, probably our people will guess the person stood here, shot there, etc., etc. You're basing stuff off of evidence. That's how it's supposed to work. You let the evidence tell you what happened. That's how it's supposed to work. Wherever, whichever, a book, a yeah, a, a novel, a Crichton novel, or you know, who, 
whoever the book is, whoever the movie is, whoever the TV show is, you let the evidence tell you what happened. Oh, well, this person is apparently dead because they're not breathing anymore and they have a shot in their forehead. So, hmm, I wonder what killed them. Uh, maybe it wasn't necessarily the shot in the head. You have to do some research. You have um, coroners and all that. Heck, they might have been poisoned before they were shot in the forehead. I, you know, whatever. But you let the evidence direct you in the fashion of, because of the evidence, this is what obviously happened. You let the evidence direct you. You take pictures of the entire scene of the crime. You block people off. You don't let people through. And that's how you, I don't know, keep a um, crime scene legitimate. I just put it that way. So uh, we're talking about the paper bag. The paper bag that Lee Harvey Oswald supposedly, allegedly, brought the Manlicher Carcano, the one of the three that ended up getting discussed, along with the Enfield and the uh, Mauser. That's what it is. Um, so we're going to, I, I, I'm going to dip in on the Ian Griggs article. And if this stuff that I'm talking about fascinates you, go check out the article. If it doesn't, I don't know why it wouldn't. I'm not even interested in the bag. I'm not even interested in the bag. Le- reading this article, I'm halfway through the first half. It's like, ah! <laughs> it's, it's, it's infuriating. How is it that um, criminal procedure was even close to being followed here? Who actually found the paper bag? The simple truth is we do not know who found the bag. Furthermore, there is only one person who said, who has said that he saw the bag where the dotted outline on CE1302 says it was. That person was Detective Robert Lee Studebaker, the man who, at the request of the firstly identified, wait, at the request of Firstly, an unidentified FBI agent, and then Warren Commission Assistant Counsel Joseph A. Ball actually drew that dotted outline. I'm going to run that by you again. That person was Robert Studebaker, who at the request of the Warren Commission Assistant Counsel Joseph A. Ball actually drew that dotted outline. That was not in evidence in November of 22. It was in evidence when, hey, uh, you want to draw on this picture that we have? And, oh, sure, I'll draw it. Yeah, here's a little, oh, okay, so it's in there? Yeah, it's in there. Okay, yeah. Um, let's examine some of the testimony of some of the other law enforcement officers who would have been in a position to have seen the paper bag. Seems reasonable, right? You know, you got 7, 8, 9, 10, 14 cops roaming around a crime scene. Hey, you were in that crime scene roaming around, weren't you? Yeah, I was. 
Uh, got some questions for you. Oh, okay, what you got? Warren Report describes a very important find as follows. Dallas County Sheriff, Dallas County Deputy Sheriff Luke Mooney. Around 1 p.m., Deputy Sheriff Lake Mooney noticed a pile of curtains in front of the window in the southwest corner of the sixth floor. Searching that area, he found at approximately 1.12, three empty cartridge cases on the floor near the window. When he was notified of Mooney's discovery, Captain J.W. Fritz, chief of homicide, issued instructions that nothing be moved or touched until technicians from the police crime lab could take photographs and check for fingerprints. Now, that actually sounds like good procedure. Uh, hat tip to Captain Fritz there. That's, that's basically what, what all the cop drama say. Hey, no, 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 don't, don't touch anything. Don't do anything. We got to send out the crime boys. We got to take pictures. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. Mooney stood guard to see that nothing was disturbed. A few minutes later, Lieutenant J.C. Day of the Lieutenant, uh, Dallas Police Department arrived and took photographs of the cartridge cases before anything had been moved. Again, still perfectly good with this. Proper protocol, proper procedure, all good with it. J.C. Day, my hat is tipped to you. You have done your job. These few sentences inevitably raise a series of relevant questions each of which have two possible answers. First, why is there no mention of Mooney finding or seeing the paper bag? Two immediate possibilities leap to mind. Either Mooney failed to notice it because he was standing on it, or perhaps it wasn't there. Either or, you know, uh, oh, I, I'm going to stand on one piece of evidence and, uh, okay. Okay, secondly, Captain Fritz ordered that nothing be disturbed, but when that scene was photographed, why does the bag not appear on any photograph? Again, there are two possibilities. Either the photographer who may or may not have been Lieutenant Day, either the photographer himself did not realize this was rele relevant and moved it himself, an unlikely possibility, or perhaps it was not there. <laughs> perhaps you're sensing a trend here. I don't know. Uh, thirdly, it is possible that one of the police officers present either ignored or misunderstood Captain Fritz's instructions and did remove the bag. Two possibilities here are that either someone made one of the biggest mistakes ever in the history of crime scene prevention or perhaps it wasn't there. Yeah. 
when uh, Sheriff Roger Dean Craig, who he, he's either high up or low up on a lot of people's list of um, credibility regarding the crime scene and all that kind of stuff. Uh, when Sheriff Craig gave his testimony in April of 1964, um, Mr. Bellin, the uh, from the Warren Commission, uh, Assistant Counsel David W. Bellin, there's some initial confusion as to which sack or bag was being discussed. This was not a unique situation. We've already seen it from early in the article on Lieutenant Day and his testimony. The testimony of several other witnesses was subject to similar problems. Remember, there is alleged to be a large paper sack said to have contained a deadly rifle and a smaller paper sack said to have contained the remains of a dead chicken. Mr. Bellin established that Craig had gone to the southeast corner of the sixth floor immediately after finding this, the finding of the spent cartridges. Craig confirmed that he had noticed the kind of brown paper bag that you carry your lunch in laying on top of a box. Mr. Bellin asked, was there any long sack laying on the floor that you remember seeing or not? Craig's reply was both instant and uncompromising. No, I don't remember seeing any. Perhaps because Craig's answer had been so positive, Bellin didn't go back to it. Um, and then there are a couple more. This is a really fascinating article. I don't know if you care about the bag, but it was since the Warren Commission, by not too very far into their research, into their work, into their... Um, muzzling the truth, however you want to phrase it. It was important for them that the rifle was brought into the Texas School Book Depository on the day of the murder. It wasn't there from mid-September. It didn't arrive on Wednesday. It wasn't hidden in a fake door in the kitchen and it was and somebody was going to come in and move it up no lee harvey oswald brought the rifle in on the day of the murder that was what they were pot committed to that was the story that was the only story there was really no other story it had to come in on the day of and it had to come in in some sort of a bag so that Wesley Buell Frazier did not see it. It had to be that way. The Warren Commission had boxed themselves into a corner. The only way this was going to work is if there was a sack. And by a sack, I mean two sacks, because one is never enough in this case. So uh, it was essential for this sack to exist, for this sack to bring in the rifle 
on the day of the murder. And as of to this day, let me see, 63, we're what, 50, 69 years later? 68 years later? You know, it's a long time. Nobody has seen that bag. Nobody has seen that bag except one detective who claims he saw it and did not get it photographed at the scene of the crime, even though all the people who were responsible for controlling the scene of the crime were pot committed to making sure crime scene protocol was observed. So, did the bag spontaneously combust? Was it a, oh, what would you call it, like a, a vampire bag? You know, the, the vampires. Is it vampires that you can't photograph? No, it's not vampires. It's, well, the, there's that one on Dead Creature. I can't remember what it is. But you can't photograph it. Maybe it's vampires. Um, you know, you take a picture of whatever the undead creature is, and the picture is just normal, except they're not there because they can't be photographed. Maybe that's what the bag was. Maybe it was a vampire. Yeah, that's it. Or maybe it didn't exist. If the bag that the Warren Commission is pot committed to, absolutely pot committed, I have all my money in on this hand. All my money is in on this poker hand. Every single little bit of it. And I have a two and a nine. Two and a nine. Okay, come on. Give me a nine. Give me a two. Get, oh, king, queen, jack. Oh, that's not going to help me very much. They are pot committed to Lee Harvey Oswald bringing in a bag that had the partially loaded or possibly not partially. I don't know. Um... Manlicker Carcano, of which there were at least, what, there, there were at least three, right? There were at least three Manlicker Carcanos involved in this uh, investigation, at least three, probably four, maybe five. Um, and this, the Oswald rifle supposedly came in in a bag that nobody's seen. Nobody has ever seen it. Nobody has ever photographed it. There is no proof it ever existed. No crime scene photography has it ever being in existence. But we are convinced because it's convenient for the Warren Commission that, yeah, just look, look past it, look past it. It's not really very important. The crime scene photography is supposed to be essential because the crime scene photography tells us what the crime was. If there was no bag anywhere that Oswald brought in his alleged purported rifle in, and it was important to the case that the bag had to be there, and nobody has seen it in the last almost 70 years, there is a solid possibility that that bag never existed, which likely means that Oswald didn't do it. Oh, by the way, guys, thanks for listening. I really do appreciate it. I'm, um, 
I'm checking the analytics and uh, I'm seeing people listening from France, from England, and uh, a percentage of you that are listening are ladies. And it's, it's really, when you put together a podcast on a topic that you are interested in, but not well immersed in, it's kind of scary. But overnight, I had a whole bunch of podcasts that I released, and today I pop back on, and there are still people listening. And if you're still listening, then I'm still doing podcasts. Hopefully, some of you are enjoying these, and you're certainly welcome to shoot me through the anchor, um, through the anchor protocol, a question or a topic or you know whatever it is that works for you it would uh i haven't had any questions on this podcast i've had questions on other podcasts that i run but no thank you so much for listening and i hope that i can continue to amuse you and i hope i can continue to to do a decent enough job of finding interesting enough topics, interesting enough sources, and all of a sudden, the bag, the bag is very problematic, very problematic, at least in my universe. Uh, Thanks for stopping by. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And... I'm telling you, you, what does one, we're basically past the holidays, and it's still cold as get out outside. Stay warm. Stay warm. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Have a great day.